Hello, and welcome back to the Veteran State of Mind podcast. Today, I am joined by Anne-Marie Fredericks of Vetted Cannabis. Anne-Marie, can you tell me a bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm a certified nurse practitioner uh, here in the state of Maine. My daughter is the owner, CEO, and the brains of Vetted Cannabis. She's a registered nurse. And that story um, started some, oh, 15 years ago while working at the VA. We heard from veterans about their... Um, their desire to stop their conventional medicines, and so many of them were using cannabis, and my daughter heard it first. She was an intensive care unit nurse at the VA, and uh, she was telling mom that so many of these veterans that are taking their meds and they're using cannabis for their self-treatment, self-medication, we've got to get into this. And um, at that time, some 15 years ago, I was not convinced. And as time went on and we started to learn more about the science, um, together, she and I, we left the VA, and... Um, she, myself, my husband, we created this company where we um, we cultivate, we grow it here in South Stanford. Um, we help to teach patients about the use of cannabis, and we meditate. It's a one-stop shop. So that's my story. Well, that's great. And I'm glad you made the switch from the VA. Now, was there any one thing in particular that made you switch from the VA to... Um, you know, the cannabis route that you have now um, been embarking on? Um, there was no one thing. More for my daughter. She is a registered nurse at the time in the intensive care unit. Um, she was she was ready to take the big risk and leave the bedside and go into growing. And then, again, she emerged herself as a registered nurse into the science. Uh, it took me a little longer. Um, I did uh, retire from the VA as a nurse practitioner, and I had heard from veterans. I mean, I was treating the veterans um, that they were using cannabis, but I couldn't at that time make any recommendations, couldn't even document in the record that they were using. It was almost like the, the best kept secret. Now, this was years ago. In the last five years, the Department of Veterans Affairs has changed their policy memo has gone out whereby um, the discussion about cannabis use is encouraged and it's to be documented in the record and um, although the providers in the VA are unable to make recommendations because they just don't have the knowledge um, haven't been schooled in cannabis so that's the shame of it all nor can the VA issue any cannabis it's federally illegal so there was no one thing it was more my daughter's full um, you know mom and dad come come take this risk let's get into it so I retired from the VA and um, we, we mortgaged all of our personal assets to purchase property and to get our legs underneath us. We moved to Maine. We were originally from Massachusetts. Um, this is over a 15-year span. Um, so we really uprooted and came to Maine. And um, as a family, we own the business, and it's our own blood, sweat, and tears. So that's it. Well, that's great. I'm glad that you guys have done that because just from personal experience, I've uh, benefited from the knowledge and experience that you guys have. Um, you're not just a regular shop where someone walks in and was like, hey, I need to get a half ounce of something. You know, I remember my first visit to your shop. You're like, hi, I'm Anne-Marie. This is vetted cannabis. Let me show you around the shop. You know, obviously this pre-COVID when doors are still open. I'm not sure if you guys have gone back, but, you know, you're like, here are the different strains here's what cbg here's cbd here's thca and you broke down the terpene profiles and had the knowledge to not just be like yeah here's a couple joints go smoke some weed and you'll feel better you're like hey let me 
um, help you see what would work best for you. And that I feel like is a huge step towards what it should be, not just these shops that keep popping up that are just slinging, you know, mad amounts of cannabis out to people just to make a profit. Right. So it's definitely not a, um, you know, one size fits all, you know, your cannabis use should be specific to your intended goals, to your symptom relief, specific to your condition. Um, a great example, um, PTSD, some suffer from that, from combat, some individuals suffer that from, from life, you know, sexual abuse, family issues, trauma, um, in any event. For someone that has memory deficits or wants to improve hand-eye and coordination or uh, ADD, ADHD, the terpene, there's a compound in some cannabis, which is called timing, um, that's excellent to intensify memory recall focus. Well, for someone that suffers from PTSD, this is not their friend. They should avoid timing. This compound will uh, intensify night terrors, will bring back some of that memory that you're trying to uh, put away, compartmentalize. And um, so there's a great example of how we individualize um, the education as well as the medicine for the individual. Yes, and that's great. And I feel like that leads into kind of what I was thinking next, which is um, some common myths about, you know, cannabis that are still kind of lingering around, right? Kind of like what you're just talking about with some terpene profiles can be beneficial and others can't. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with the education part. So if, you know, like I said, if you're at like a regular dispensary somewhere and you're just, hey, I want to get some weed, you know, what do you got? And they're like, oh, I'll get you something strong. Um, and then, you know, it could cause possible panic attacks, anxiety. Um yeah. But what are some of the common myths that you still see that, you know, maybe we can help people kind of get over now? Okay. So there are so many myths. Um, but in reference to your comments, let's just talk about paranoia. You know, some people believe, oh, I don't use cannabis because it, it, it will make me paranoid. It will make me uh, schizophrenic. It will alter my um, mentation. Well, typically... Uh, the THC is the culprit when we talk about changing cognitive function. Too much THC can make someone uh, certainly restless, anxious, and then paranoid. That's the dose of the THC is too high. Um, as far as it's causing schizophrenia, that hasn't been founded. That hasn't been um, peer-reviewed and confirmed. So we, that's a myth that is carried around. And uh, just another myth these days is about, um, you know, the drug abuse, opiate use, uh, overdose. You know, pe some people think, oh, boy, you can die. Your life can be ended from the use of drugs, all drugs and cannabis included. But that is a myth. Cannabis cannot um, suppress respiration. That means it cannot uh, stop your breathing. It cannot affect the part of your brain. It's called the brain stem the way opiates does. So there's, there's no possible way that someone could overdose by cannabis. They certainly can take too much. They certainly can suffer with lots of other side effects, a vertigo, paranoia, uh, drop in blood pressure, rapid heart rate. There's lots of, but as far as deaths from cannabis, that won't happen like it can happen with fentanyl, heroin, opiates, things like that. Well, that's good. Yeah, because I know a lot of people... I've heard those myths in the past and, you know, we've seen, I've personally 
seen it and experienced it before, you take too much THC and you get a little maybe too paranoid or get a little anxiety. But, you know, a lot of the times that's, um, you know, usually a wrong type of strain or something that I've experienced that didn't work for me. Um, now, I personally know I've had extreme benefits from cannabis. Can you speak on some other benefits that cannabis has and provides for individuals? Okay, so talking about anxiety, um, so too much THC can induce anxiety. But low-dose THC, and when we microdose, it's very effective to treat mental health, anxiety, depression. Um, also, the, the compounds in cannabis, most of them, all the cannabinoids, which may be strange to your ear, but CBN, CBG, CBD, THC, all of these are anti-inflammatory medications. They're more potent than Motrin, Advil, Aleve. Um, so these are great pain relievers, anti-inflammatory for muscle legs, joints. It's a great anti-anxiety. It's a great pain reliever for people who suffer with insomnia. These, these are night shift workers. People just can't sleep. Um, and they, they've already tried Ambien, Melatonin, Lunesta, Trazodone. There's so many other medicines that have been tried, but an ingestible, an edible um, THC with CBD or CBG, and it can help someone sleep. But a sound six hours sustained peaceful sleep with no hangover. So these are the things that are the common um, benefits of cannabis. Yeah, no, that is definitely true. I've noticed since I've been using cannabis that I no longer require most of the medications that I was prescribed by the VA, whether those are uh, muscle relaxers, pain medications, sleep medications. It's definitely been a huge benefit for me to come off a lot of those things and, you know, use something natural plant medicine that has been beneficial to me. Without, Without the same side, side effects. Side effects. Yeah, Correct. the same side effect profile. So you're not having the weight gain. You're not having the urinary retention. You're not having the loss of the libido. That comes with so many other medications. Yeah, yes, exactly. And that's that's been a huge thing, right, is avoiding a lot of the negative side effects of common medications that are prescribed or given to our veterans when there's alternatives out there. And a lot of the times, too, you know, just simple things like exercise and diet are hugely impactful on a person's well-being as well. So beneficial. So beneficial. Yes. Now, when it comes to testing and quality measures for your shop, do you guys do that in-house? Is that sent out? Um, how does that work for vetted? So in the state of Maine, although it's not required for medicinal cannabis to be tested, we are committed to testing it. So we have it tested every harvest. We send it over to a lab. We use two in the state right now. We use Nova Analytic Lab and we use Nelson Analytic Lab. We send our plant material over to the lab and they analyze it to make sure it's free of uh, yeast and mold. They can also test and tell us, and they do. Um, this printed certificate of analysis tells us how much THC is in that specific chemo bar, how much CBG, CBD, the terpenes, you know, pine, 
limonene, linalool, um, caryophylline. There's so many compounds that we want to know about so that we can use that document, that information to tell our patients at the curbside what is making up this particular plant and how it would be effective for certain ailments. Not every plant affects the same conditions because the properties of the plant vary based on those test results. And then we'd also not only teach people at the curbside, but our Instagram, we send out little tutorials on Instagram to try to keep it as um, easy to understand and lay terms. So, so the patient becomes the driver of their own care. But they become the expert. They become an informed patient. And then they can find the right medicine for their condition. And always microdosing, using the least amount of chemical to achieve the goal effect for two reasons. One, you know, you don't want to be taking chemicals uh, that you don't need, that you don't require. But number two, it's easier on the wallet because you don't have to spend as much. You use the least amount of medication and it lasts the longest amount of time at the least amount of cost. That's great. And I did see you're speaking on, you know, watching your stories on Instagram. I did see this morning. Um, I don't know if you'd be able to touch on this or not yet, but I did see something about uh, vetted education coming up. Um, do you yes. want to speak on that? Yes. yes. So our future plan is, um, so we're a one-stop shop. We started initially by growing, cultivating here indoors. And then we applied for a patient office license. And all of this is over a timeline. So we've had the patient office open for about two years, only to have it closed by COVID. We're all curbside now. Um, and then we thought, you know, to try to broaden the information, the knowledge, the understanding of the public, why don't we hold classes? So we purchased a house at the driveway of our uh, property, and we're going to hold classes there. It's going to be called Vet Ed. Our company name is Vetted. But out there, we're going to call it Vet Ed, and we will have three audiences in mind. One will be the lay public, the patients that come to this and learn about what plants are most effective. But the second audience would be uh, people from the industry, bud tenders, et cetera. If we can elevate their understanding, they'll better serve patients elsewhere. And then thirdly, I do have clinicians that have um, reached out to me and my daughter and asked if we would give, you know, speeches at like the cancer group here and, and Stanford, et cetera. But um, so that we'll hold three different um, presentations for three targeted audiences. And then together, we can better our understanding. And then lastly, just recently, I've agreed to, um, I'm going to run for state representatives of the Stanford area. And also with one of the many goals in mind is to improve the understanding of cannabis in the in the minds of not only um, the lay public, but politicians as well, because it still remains federally illegal and there are so many hardships for both the patient and um, the business owners. So that's our, that's our immediate goal. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I've noticed too, right? You know, a lot of the mindsets with um, the regulations and the laws regarding cannabis, I feel like are kind of outdated. And I feel like it's a lack of education on the topic or the subject of cannabis and cannabis use. And I feel like, you know, definitely getting something like, you know, vet ed out there for the public, the industry and clinicians to be able to spread this knowledge to really help 
um, kind of close the gap from the old way of thinking of, you know, those old commercials back in the day, right? Reefer madness, you're going to lose your mind and all this stuff. Or, you know, I remember growing up, we'd have these commercials and be like, you'd see like someone in a drive through running over a child because they did, they smokes a joint or something like that. I'm like, I uh, just find a lot of those things to be outdated thoughts or perspectives on cannabis. And that's not really the truth. Exactly. We hope it's going to just improve practice everywhere so that everyone can benefit, you know, standardized dosing so that we can all understand the many products. There are so many cannabis products and their composition varies tremendously. And so it's the buyer must be aware. And we need to, you know, talk about that. And so that we don't recommend the wrong product to an individual. So they have a bad experience, you know, that we need to prevent that from happening as well. And we want people to consume in a lawful way and, and use, use the medicine so that they're not impaired. I mean, you can use Benadryl and become impaired. You can take NyQuil and become impaired, alcohol and become impaired. So we want to be, to alert patients with cannabis, you know, don't be foolhardy. Use the least amount and, and get the most effective response from the medication. Exactly, right? Because I can take a Benadryl, and my wife can speak to this. I can take a Benadryl, and I can fall asleep. Like, one Benadryl, I can fall asleep within 30 minutes, like midday, for some allergies, you know. Or I've taken Benadryl as, like, a sleep aid in the past. But now, you know, I can microdose cannabis throughout the day for certain pains or ailments and I can function, I can work out and I can feel good while I'm doing these things and, you know, alleviate a lot of my anxiety and a lot of my pain, but still be able to be a functioning member, part of society. And I feel like a lot of, you know, we've talked about this a little before, but a lot of the medications, opioids or other things that are out there that are getting prescribed to a lot of the veterans can almost incapacitate us sometimes or make things difficult to accomplish daily tasks. Yes, conventional medicine may change you, whereas microdosing with cannabis is unlikely to change you. Exactly. And I feel like definitely more people need to have that understanding. And I feel like that's a big part of what Vetted has helped me accomplish is a better understanding and a broader knowledge of what cannabis is, not just knowing some of the effects, but really understanding the science and the terpene profile behind it. Thank you, Richard. It pleases me to hear that. Yeah, definitely. What is, would you say, what would be the best part, I guess, about, you know, owning, operating, and running your own dispensary? Is that something? Or... It's it, it, it's been bittersweet. We've had certainly many hardships. Um, like I said, you know, having to invest your personal assets because you cannot get any loans. There's no banking for cannabis. You can't go and apply. Um, so that's been hard, a hard startup. Um, it's been a hard, the economy, you know, plummeted and it's hard to get um sales and get um, employees and and get goods and you know you need supplies timely supplies so there are hardships but i can tell you the joys there are so many joys 
Um, we, we were privileged to care for veterans. We're so familiar with veterans. We understand the disability process. We understand, um, you know, there's um, group housing, there's uh, vocational training. Um, there's so much that the veterans um, are entitled to that we are somewhat familiar with. And so there's a group we've chosen to give back. and. Immediately, we thought of, um, we issue med cards here. I, as a provider, can do that. And we issue free medical cards to veterans. And I can tell you, that's a joy. They, they, they are grateful. We are privileged to do it. And it's just a wonderful experience, the whole process. And uh, we're privileged to see the healing effects of cannabis. I can tell you, we had a Tourette syndrome patient. Um, he was coming with involuntary jerking motions. It was horrible. Sweating. It was horrible. And um, after... You know, it's not an immediate quick, but over a period of time, the symptoms uh, were relieved, and he's um, in a full-time job now. It's amazing. The insomnia, patients who suffer with insomnia, they are trouble. And um, to hear the stories, you know, that people haven't slept in 12 years and blah, blah, and now they can sleep. Um, I've had patients come off of gabapentin pain medicines, um, it's just remarkable to hear their gratitude and their stories. And I always remind them, tell others of the stories. Um, so really, it's, it's healing others. It's helping people. It's caring for others. It, you know, we care about people. And we're overjoyed when this um, great results in that news is shared back with us. We really feel connected and, and grateful that we could play a role. So that, those are the joys. That's great. I know, like I've said before, from personal experience, but it's definitely helped me in more ways than I can describe. Um, now, is there a preferred way or method of consuming cannabis that you recommend, or does it vary patient to patient? Uh, okay, so method. So I recommend the method of ingestible edibles, be it a capsule, an oil, um, and a gummy, a chocolate, uh, a drink, but edible uh, longer to take on the onset. You know, to get from the gut to the bloodstream takes at least an hour and a half, but the duration of effects are longest acting. So those that suffer with pain and insomnia should consider edibles, ingestibles, they're the longest acting. For those that inhale, I recommend a dry flower vape. It's a, it's a temperature uh, selective device that melts the dry flower. It's not combustion. When you use a bong, a pipe, a pre-roll, um, anything like that, that's our vape cut, that's combustion. And those high temperatures, when you burn something, they do produce carcinogens. There are metabolites from that process that cause, uh, you know, chemicals that are cancer-causing. So I always recommend patients to look into a dry flower vape device. It's about $100 is the least. And put their dry flower into it and melt the flower. It's the healthiest way of inhaling. That's good. Yeah, that's something uh, even for me that I'm learning right now. I did, I've uh, kind of heard about dry flower vapes, but I've not um, given them a try yet or really looked into them. Yeah, so it's the healthiest route. If an individual is going to inhale, it's a temperature-specific 
melting. It's usually about 350 degrees. Um, it's very um, temperature sensitive. Unlike combustion, it's way over 400 degrees. You're burning something. And that's where the metabolite, the carcinogens, um, benzene, to name one. If you Google combustion benzene, you'll see and learn more. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you. And are there any major barriers that you're still seeing from veterans from using cannabis as a method or way to help them heal and grow? Is it just misinformation still or? um... There are two things, things. misinformation and then reality. So misinformation, some veterans um, believe that they will lose their disability, that they will lose their you know, their rating because of cannabis use that this is found. And uh, the long and short of it is uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs, um, they sent out a memo, oh, nearly eight years ago about that is all um, untrue. You know, veterans and cannabis use has no impact on their disability a rating process or anything like that. They'll lose no resources as a result of cannabis. That's number one. Number two, um, the uh, Second Amendment right, you know, the, the right to bear arms. Many veterans um, uh, do have guns, and when you purchase a gun, there is a federal form that must be filled out, and this is a reality. Um, and on that federal form, there are many questions, you know, have you been court-martialed? Have you been institutionalized for mental health issues? Are you a felon? Do you use controlled substances? Well, the controlled substance question uh, is a yes, because cannabis is considered a controlled substance in the federal uh, forum. It, it is a, um, a class one federal drug. So until it's scheduled drug, so until that's changed, um, for those that are uh, seeking to purchase a gun or carry a gun, um, that cannabis use is something that is um, prohibited. Yes, I've I've known that to be something that a lot of veterans find to be off-putting. Do you think, you know, we've kind of heard some talks here and there, different states. Um, and I think even a bill may have been brought up not that long ago for cannabis to possibly be decriminalized, you know, across the states. Have you heard any more on that or do you know anything about that? Do you yeah. take a scheduled you know, list yes. of trials, which is still absurd to me to think of that, right? I can't yes, and I agree. That. I agree, yes. Um, yes, it's called the MORE Act, the Marijuana Opportunity Re-Expungement, um, something E-Act. Um, anyway, in this, but the bill keeps coming forward and doesn't, it doesn't come to law. So, but in this bill, yes, they're going to decriminalize um Cannabis, they're going to recommend descheduling it. Um, they're recommending banking in the same bill. Um, there are so many things in this bill, but it just hasn't um, come to fruition. And it's so disappointing. And um, so many gun-carrying individuals are also cannabis uh, users and also have medical cards. Um, I'm just pointing out that at this moment, uh, cannabis is considered Schedule One and is federally illegal. It is legal in at least 38 states right now. More and more states are coming forward. Um, so it's coming state by state. More than the majority of the states in our country 
have legalized it. And I see this is a, um, a bottom-up process instead of a top-down. You know, the, the federal process is a big lab, but state by state by state, it's, it's becoming legalized. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely a good way for most of the states, right, to help out a lot of patients and uh, users of cannabis. And hopefully in the future, something, you know, will happen and this will kind of get fixed or taken down or, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. taken off such a high level of, you know, being up there with narcotics and other heavy, crazy, absurd drugs. Exactly. Uh, I know we touched on this earlier, and this is kind of um, something for the shop. Is any other future plans? I know we talked about vet ed already, but any other growth um, for the company or any upcoming new products or special strains or anything uh, you want to touch on before we? Um, I got to let you go for your thing you got. Thank you. Um, so our immediate is to do the classroom educations and elevate understanding. That's number one. Do know that we've got our sites, um, our ears and eyes are learning more about psilocybin. These are mushrooms. These are another plant-based um, medication at the microdosing level to treat mental health issues, um, severe depression. Um, there, you know, we're, we've learned about ketamine. These are the medicines that have been used for depression um, that now plant-based medicine is, is coming forward. Um, the science is just now emerging, and we're just trying to stay ahead of um, healthier modes of treatment for um, mental health disorders. And we still see that um, the mushrooms, the microdosing with them, um, shows promising results. So I can't say that that's in our future, but I can tell you that we are quite intrigued by it. Um, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, I know that, um, I think I saw earlier this year, yeah, Maine was talking about something with microdosing or decriminalization of that um, coming your way. Because I'm pretty sure, I think Oregon is the only state currently that allows it as a yeah. method or of use i think california has some cities that decriminalize i'm not sure if they're able to prescribe or have it be used as a method but i have also heard um, a lot of different individuals that i've known have either done like ayahuasca or dmt or microdosing of mushrooms as alternative methods of healing because you know a lot of this plant medicine i feel like has been put on the back burner for you know a lot of companies to continue to make a lot of money selling products to individuals instead of letting them use something that's natural because it doesn't make them as much money. That's my opinion view on it. But I feel like that's definitely kind of what happened there. Yeah, I feel like for those patients that take a daily um, a, a daily pill of quetiapine, Haldol, Wellbutrin, Boostar, Effector, you know, sertraline, there's so many. And typically we start you off on one antidepressant and then we add more and, and then we get into the antipsychotic medications. And before long, it, like I said, when we started this conversation, before long, we rob you of your libido. These medications can be very um, blunting. And um, 
So the more we learn about plant-based medicine, the more science that emerges will only help us all. It will improve practice. It will standardize dosing, uh, improve outcomes. But better still, we'll, we'll arm the individual to become the expert about that person's being, that person's mind, body, and soul. So that a second party, you know, it shouldn't be me being the expert about you. It should be you becoming the expert about you. Who knows your moods best? You. Who knows your habits best? You. Who knows your dislikes, allergies best? You. So if we can just elevate together collectively, if we can't come together, unify to learn together uh, that the least amount of chemical may bring about the best benefit. Um, then shame on us. I mean, that, that's what we need to do together. So that is our immediate first goal this fall. We're going to start teaching everybody together. And by the, the Q&A, by the questions and answers, together we learn. We don't know it all at Vetted. We certainly do not. We are not the subject matter experts. We just are continuing on our journey to learn as much as we can and help us as many as we can. And that's great. I feel like that's a great thing and everyone you know listening just great ending. Educate, <laughs> education is a great way to open and expand your mind and never stop learning exactly Richard. listen i want to thank you for the honor of being considered to speak on your podcast today um like i said veterans are, are near and dear to us we work um you know, we, we were privileged, my daughter Meredith and I were privileged to be shoulder to shoulder with veterans, to sit and listen with veterans, to, to be alone late at night at the bedside when no one else is there and hear the stories or walk of life. We were able to behold the relationships that veterans have with other veterans, how they, the, the camaraderie that they speak to each other uh, freely, that they support each other, help each other. Um, it, it, it's a family, a, a kindred, um, love that you have um, that non-veterans uh, don't have. We don't have the, the gifts that you share with other veterans and um, I just wanted to let veterans know here at Vetted we give you a lifelong discount. We give you free medical cards to main veterans because we see the, the walk of life that you've walked has brought greater good for us all and we're just honored and grateful for veterans. Well, I appreciate your time, and you heard it. You heard it, guys. Go check out Vetted, Vetted Maine. If you're a Maine veteran, get yourself a medical card, get some information, get some knowledge, and go check out Vetted. Uh, Anne-Marie, I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me today. Yes. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.